0: everyone and welcome to another episode of fresh brains podcast with you as always i'm your host scott
1: and i'm brian the man who has not seen any of these movies
0: did you notice this time how i didn't try to uh remember what episode number it was on the spot
1: like, i did and i commend you for that because <laughs> i've never known what episode it was
0: <laughs> yeah i, I want to say nine I, I i don't know i've completely you just lost did
1: track.
0: no yeah I, I mean I, i'm I'm guessing that's why I didn't yeah I don't know whatever um I, I remember what movie we're talking about that's about the best we can hope for so um we'll, we'll just quit while we're ahead. yeah
1: so speaking of what what movie it's what was it again
0: uh tonight we are watching candyman and not the new Newly released uh, 2021 version, but the original from
1: 1992. Oh, okay. I didn't even. I had, so I've actually heard of this movie. I think I mentioned I, I may have seen like a clip from it when I was eight or nine ish. Maybe I don't really remember it. I had no idea there was a remake though.
0: Yeah. So it's. I'm going to be honest. This conversation today is going to be an interesting one because. We always try to go to about 45 minutes. I think that I can usually find a a decent amount to talk about just because I I know some trivia or I know some background. I don't know a ton about this film. I'm kind of, I'm not going in blind. I've seen the movie, but I just don't have a lot of background here. Um, But yeah, the original, what I do know about it, it came out in 92. It was directed by some guy that, you know, as far as I know, never really did anything else horror-related. Bernard Rose, it's not a name I know. Um, If he did anything, you know, I'm just not aware of it. Um, The only credit that I think is noteworthy in terms of the non-actors is it was one of the two writers is Clive Barker, um, who, I don't don't know if you know that name yet, but he wrote, I mean, he was an author. Familiar. Yeah, he wrote a lot of horror novels, uh, novellas, and et cetera. Um, Oh, yeah. Okay. But his, kind of what he's maybe most famous for is uh, he wrote um, Hellraiser. So that, that that, he didn't do, he wasn't responsible for the whole franchise, um, but the original Hellraiser story was based off of a, a book that he wrote. So he's kind of credited as the hellraiser guy but um that's phenomenal yep it's it's i i would almost call it like maybe more of a novella um okay i read it years ago it's i want to say like maybe 100 150 pages it's it's pretty short um the book is called um the hellbound heart so i would highly highly recommend it and also if you're if you're just a fan of horror fiction um i am Clive Barker is, is a great, great author. Um, his stuff is, to, to, to say the least, fucked up. Um, but he gets very visceral, very just creative and imaginative in ways that are just unsettling, Like, which is hard to do in book form. Um, yeah. But the, the, the few things of his that I have read all have that very unsettling tone to them so yeah recommend
1: cool weird weirdly enough did did Clyde Barker write the story for Midnight Me Train which I watched not too long ago do you know that
0: I, I I have not seen the movie I know he was involved okay um but I don't know to what degree uh I guess I do have his IMDB open here so I could take a peek but um yeah he's got 41 writing credits so Oh, wow, cool. He, but um, Yeah, let's see. I am DB Writer. He wrote Yeah, Hellraiser, Candyman, Book of Blood was another one of his. Oh, never heard of that. Um Dread, which I, I, I know I've seen. It came out a while ago. I don't remember much about it.
1: We Dread is um, in
0: like Judge Dread, the action movie no (laughs) um yes he wrote the short story the midnight meat train
1: oh okay interesting
0: a masters of horror episode or two uh the undying lord of illusions nightbreed yeah that was a big one um i don't think i've seen that either we should do that on the episode at some point. Nightbreed's a fun movie. Cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is not the uh, Clive Barker cast, but uh, yeah, the, the, the point is he's he's one of the biggest names associated with kind of the behind the scenes of this film. So, um,
1: cool. Yeah, yeah I would forward to it.
0: I so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been years since I've seen this movie. Uh, my my memories of it are, are kind of two things so like i i went into it originally watching it because it is I, I i can guess or i guess i'll let you judge after we watch it but like it's frequently cited as being kind of in the same um like universe or genre as other 80s and 90s slashers mm-hmm. and i i don't know that I would agree with that because I think that the, as you see the movie, it kind of follows a very different template than a, a t- typical slasher film. Um, so I don't know that I would call Candy Man a slasher killer. I don't know that I would call this a slasher movie. But I think in the late 80s, early 90s, most people were just looking for any excuse to call somebody a slasher killer because that was really popular. It was in vogue. There were all sorts of uh, horror icons that were considered slashers, even though they weren't like Pinhead from Hellraiser is another example. Like he's frequently combined with other slasher killers. It's like, that's, you know, a a complete (laughs) heresy. Um, But, (laughs) and so I I think that that's, that was part of why I watched this movie originally was like, Oh, it's another slasher. If you've seen Chucky, if you've seen, Jason, if you've seen Freddy, you've got to see Candyman, too. Mm. And it's it's not. But what the movie is and and what, what I remember taking away from it is that there's a lot going on here. And it's a movie that's based a lot on urban legends. It's based a lot on um, kind of like urban folklore and trying to... I don't know. It's hard, hard to even describe, but like, there's a lot going on and I feel like on the one hand, it's kind of a jumbled, I don't want to say mess, but it's like, it's, it's very confused with how many things it's trying to do. But on the other hand, there's something brilliant about it. So, you know, I'll let you kind of decide, but it's, it's definitely an experience. It's definitely a trip. So I knew that I wanted to get to it sooner rather than later when we did the show. And so that's why even in the first 10 episodes, I definitely wanted to, to throw it in there. Um, and I'm not a big fan of this personally, but I think it's the kind of movie that if you were a, like uh, like film critic or, you know, the, the, the kind of thing, like mm-hmm. it, to analyze films, you know, and, and to try to really dig into what's the meaning, what's the message, what's all the stuff going on. Like there's probably a shit ton of meat to this, I'm not going to begin to pretend like I'm smart enough to (laughs) do any of that analysis, but, um, I think it is that type of film, but don't, don't want to oversell it. Awesome. Um, Yeah. And the other big thing that's noteworthy is Candyman himself is played by Tony Todd, who is an actor that I'm sure you're going to recognize. Uh, he has, you know, 250 some acting credits, but he's just been in a ton a ton of shit and he's a great actor he's super cool um a big fan of his like anytime i see that tony todd's involved with a movie it's it's great but this is the one place where i think most horror horror fans are most familiar with him Mm. um so yeah he definitely carries the film in a lot of ways but um Hmm. Anyway, yeah. I mean, do you know anything about the movie or any thoughts or preconceived notions? I think I have some preconceived notions.
1: Like I vaguely remember. It's like an urban legend. And then I get sort of confused about what the urban legend is. Is it that maybe it has like something to do with like looking at a mirror with the lights out?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. It's the did you ever play like Bloody Mary as a kid?
1: Is it like Bloody Mary, like where you're supposed to say Bloody Mary a certain amount of times with the mirror with the lights out, that kind of a thing?
0: Right, right.
1: Okay. I, I think that's it. That's all I know, though.
0: So. Yeah, that's a I mean, that's part of it, but that's such a small part of it, which is it, the interesting thing. So,
1: okay. Cool.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think we're going a little short here for our intro compared to what we normally do. But I just I don't know what else to say. I feel like it's just the kind of movie that needs to be experienced so
1: Did it, uh, yeah i guess and i and i from my side i'm worried i don't want you to sort of spoil it for me <laughs> i feel like sometimes if we if we over talk about stuff I, I get too hyped and i don't know i don't want it to mess with my perceptions of it yeah but, and in
0: this case I, I hear what you're saying and I'm, I'm definitely not trying to sell it or not yeah. it's just you know kind of what my experiences were the first time i saw it so it's like i said definitely worth seeing i i don't I, I don't know where you'll come out on the other end, honestly.
1: Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's keep it short. Let's do it. Let's uh, turn out the lights. I'll go grab some popcorn. Okay.
0: All right. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes to uh, give our fresh thoughts on Candyman. Let's
1: all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat
0: What would you Sweet. think?
1: Sweet to the sweets. <laughs> you did not undersell that movie, Scott. I fucking loved it. That was great.
0: All right, good. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't really trying to sell it or not. I mean, I was, like I said, going off of, um, God, probably. 20-year-old memories. It's it's probably been that long since I've seen it. Damn.
1: Yeah, it was good. Um yeah, I really get what you mean when you say it was a little deep. I uh I definitely feel like there's a lot of stuff that you could actually go back and sort of analyze in that movie. It was right. pretty cool. Um, yeah,
0: it's it's got to me. Um, and again, I, I'm no <laughs> I'm no intellectual grad student type who can analyze this kind of shit. Um, but like, to me, it's, it's got several layers mm. and, you know, the most obvious is, okay, it's a story about a killer and, you know, the, the, the typical bloody Mary or um, God, there's others, there, there's others like that, that, you know, it's the same game. Like I never heard the candy man one as a kid, but I always heard, Oh, you go into the bathroom and turn off all the lights. Look in the mirror and say Bloody Mary three times, and she'll show up and and kill you. Like I remember mm-hmm. hearing that as far back as like junior high. Um, so it, it, on the surface, you've got that whole thing of this is what this movie's about. It's this killer type character like that supernatural urban legend of Hey, go go to the bathroom or go to a mirror, say Candyman five times, turn off the light. Boom, there he is. He's going to show up behind you and kill you. Yeah. And even at the beginning of the movie, that's what they discuss. Um, But I think where this movie does something different is that when I look at modern horror films, they would have taken that idea and that's exactly what it would have been. It would have been a series of teenagers who are daring their friends to go into the bathroom, you know, at a party and go to the mirror and say Candyman five times and then they die. And then it's somebody investigating it. And then a few, you know, half an hour later, somebody else does it. It's just a series of kills. Like that's what this movie would have been or could have easily devolved into. Yep. And I think they, they did something more. Yeah, definitely. I think
1: I was, when, at the beginning of the movie, they, they do sort of set it out, and it's it's almost totally in your face with it, too. They're like, we're going to talk to you about the importance and relevance of, like, urban mythology, right? <laughs> and we're going to view this soul story from that lens. And it's totally deep. Actually, I, I thought it was pretty deep. Like, um, it was, it was really interesting. And then it sort of really just goes into, you know, she, she starts becoming the myth herself. Right. And it sort of talks about like, you know, what, what is the power behind myth and, and how do you kill a myth? And, you know, do myths have power beyond ourselves? I, I, I don't know. I'm also not the, <laughs> the analytic, let's analyze this movie kind of thing, but I think that's that's like as good as i can do like in the end he tries to sort of steal her to him right and they're in this big giant fire pit right and the idea is that she'll have disappeared and you know the myth will have grown right he'll have grown in power um because she'll have killed someone while she was you know held essentially hostage at this hospital escaped Made an appearance and then disappeared forever, right? But then instead, she turned it around and she literally killed the candy man, right? With a burning piece of wood. And so he like died in the fire. And so, because people saw her coming out of the fire, that killed the myth of, oh, there's this candy man, right? So he literally died, even if he was a myth or not. And then she became the new myth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's, that's an interesting analysis. Like I, I knew, obviously, there, you know, there's the the angle that she becomes kind of the next incarnation of Candyman, but I, yeah. I had never, I never thought about it from the perspective of she, re- she replaced him, obviously, in the sense that she's now the one who shows up in the mirror, but I, I didn't really think of it as a replacement so much as an alternative like you know somebody could go to the mirror and say Candyman, or they could say helen and either (laughs) way you know the the effect would be there but you're right like she kind of you you you, what you what you said is interesting you know that the the fact that she killed him in the fire like changed things and it's interesting because as i was watching that you know, the, the sadistic horror fan in me was thinking like, Oh no, she's going to get out of the fire. Like, I don't want her to get out. Like, not that I want her to die. Like that sounds horrible, but like that would have been such a dark ending to this of he and, you know, the, the two of them die together. Um, Although I mean, Candyman's already dead. So I guess you're re-dying, but the, I, it kind of like one of those, you know, religious sim- symbolism of you know she dies with him, and the baby also, like therefore they kind of become this th- supernatural urban legend family, and I, I I liked that I you know the the like I said the dark kind of twisted side of me thought oh that's poetic that's that's a great yeah. way to end this, instead she does get out now it's very short lived because she immediately then dies from you know her the damage she took from being in the fire but not before she was able to save the baby give that back but i think the other important thing that that did by having her get out was that whole community there in cabrini green now had a connection to her and it was on the one hand they fear her but they also respect her because she did save you know the baby so she she was almost like you know the vengeful god that you should fear of she can do great things she can save you know this baby who's been missing but she can also murder and terrorize and you know bring vengeance so I think that's part of why they all showed up at the funeral as well is to kind of like, yeah, we need to pay our respects because she's godlike to them now.
1: Little, little old Testament.
0: Yeah. Right. Right.
1: You know, and they, they, I was thinking this in the scene. So, you know, in the beginning of the movie, she sort of uh too many thoughts at once. So I know, right. <laughs> I, I loved, I loved how, Oh God, another thought. Crap, I should be writing these down. Um, so in the in the beginning of the story, I'll try and remember all three things. In the beginning of the story, she's it's again, it's like kind of, I guess it's not quite like breaking the, the fourth wall or whatever, but the, they're literally telling you that we're gonna study myth, right? And we're gonna look at this myth through the eyes of a grad student. And then as she starts to get deeper into the myth, she sort of uncovers something sort of new, right? Maybe after a couple of pushes and prods by, you know, that creepy professor guy um, who ended up burying her, right? Even though she told him she was going to bury him. But anyway, so literally they take you into the next phase of the movie when the myth starts to become real. And as it becomes real, you know, she literally goes through like she breaks through the wall right and almost it's like a portal i mean it was a portal in like the old sense like it's a door a hidden door through to the other side which is his layer right the layer of myth and i think like that that's sort of where the movie really sort of takes off i just thought that was so cool and so and then you know that's sort of they sort of keep that with you they flash it over and over when she's being hypnotized by you know, the visitations from the Candyman. And then in the end, when she's there, you realize they, they start turning that set into like an altar, right? Like he has her at his altar. She's, she found his altar. He's like, you've, you've come to me. And, um, and then he kills her and she's sort of then reborn. And after she wakes up and he's taken the baby away, right? They, they, they change the lighting. They really start to make it look like a church, right? They've got these candles illuminating these murals on the wall. And it says, you know, it was always you, Helen, right? And you realize that, oh, she's part of this all along, maybe. And they even put on the graffiti, they put graffiti over the windows, but they use the colors to make it look like stained glass, which I thought was really sort of, sort of cool. And, um, yeah, so I think you mentioned like it had sort of this vibe like of a church, right? And I just thought it really, really had a lot of that, I thought. It was super cool.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, the idea of kind of going through the wall, you know, and the portal. And it, oh, the one thing that I always – or that I think is interesting about the movie is that it really tiptoes and walks that line between is this a supernatural thing – or is he a real person and it's both. And, and that's, that's just so interesting and so hard to kind of wrap your head around because obviously he can't still be alive as a, you know, real human. Uh, they said it was like what the 1800s that, you know, he was killed, you know, when they give the the backstory. So obviously he's not still alive, especially when he's, you know, in his thirties, when you see him, um, but yet at the same time, well, and also, you know, obviously he can't be alive just based on some of the supernatural things he's doing, you know, showing up when you say his name in a mirror, et cetera, et cetera. Floating. (laughs) Floating. Yes. Thank you. Being invisible on a camera. Um, But there is a physical aspect to him such as when she does go, you know, through the wall, and then she ends up climbing up to the, you know, floor above, he's mm-hmm. sleeping, like he's in a room asleep. And obviously, as viewers, we know that it's not as easy as she thinks it is to go over and just like I'm going to stab him with a hook, and he'll be dead, and this will all be over. But it's so odd that. He's physically there and is asleep in this room. And it, you know, goes back to when she was investigating and kind of talking to the kid there at the, um, at Cabrini Green and people like that. And it's like she kept saying, like, where is Candyman? Like she was looking for him. And I'm like, how do you look for a dead thing? Like it, this, it's you're talking supernatural. And so, like, when the kid's like, he's in there and points to the one bathroom or, oh, he's over here. It's like, no, he's, he's not like, that doesn't make any sense. But then these scenes later kind of make it seem like, well, yeah, it kind of is. And, and and I don't know, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this idea of he's, he's physically a thing, but he's also not physically a thing. And it also then, you know, comes to the end where she's able to kill him. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the true answer is a lot of things that you're hitting on, whether you're meaning to or not. Where the times that she sees him physically there, it's usually when she's in the other room of the projects. Yeah. So it's kind of like transferring over to the other side. You know, the yeah, she's, yeah. for for lack of a better term, she's now in the myth world, and over there, he's a real person. He sleeps. He needs to rest and. And, you know, what have you but huh. over in in our world he's a supernatural thought um you know and yeah similarly at the end like she air quotes kills him but i don't think a flaming piece of wood is gonna kill Candyman. but people seeing you know him die will kill him you know it's it's a, it's like the The Freddy Krueger idea of, well, nobody's afraid of me anymore. Therefore, he loses his power and he's gone.
1: Exactly. And, And like the reason he first came to her, right? You know, maybe there's an argument to be made that, you know, she's a candy man. But I think the real reason, like, how do you kill a myth? You kill a myth by making people not believe in it anymore, right? And so... How did she kill him? She killed him because, you know, she sent a guy who beat her up with a hook in his hand who claimed to be the Candyman that people had seen. She sent that guy to jail. And so everybody in Capri Green's going to be like, oh, well, there was a Candyman, but he was just a guy, and now he's in jail. So the myth really wasn't just a myth. It was just some guy. So that would have killed the myth. So then he came to her, right, probably one of his strongest believers because she you know, was researching him at the, after, you know, she killed it. And then by sort of, I guess, possessing her, he sort of brought himself back to life. And then if she escapes the fire with the baby, then maybe people can say, oh, well, it was just her all along. There still never was a Candyman. So then she killed him both in his world with the flaming stick, but then she also sort of killed him in our world by providing some sort of plausible explanation for all the things that happened. Like, Oh, why didn't people find her? She was hiding in the fireplace. You know what I mean?
0: Right.
1: Kind of a thing. It was was really cool.
0: And he, and he also comes to her early on and and physically says, I need you. You know, it it reminds me of the, the, I know you haven't seen this yet, but there's a whole, the whole plot of you know Freddie versus Jason is similar. Like mm. Freddie is has lost all his power because nobody remembers him. And so he basically brings Jason back and is like, go on a killing spree for me because then people will start being afraid again and I'll get my power. Um it's <laughs> y- you know, it's it's a ludicrous version of this, but it's the same kind of idea. Like mm. Candyman comes to her and says, like, yeah there's no fear anymore. I'm going to create the fear. Like you are going to be a part of this. And it's why he doesn't just outright kill her. I mean, there there's also, you know, the, the scene where she first says his name in the mirror, he doesn't show up immediately. Like he bides his time and toys with her. Like he, he's using her as a pawn to build up this fear and build up this belief that, oh, Candyman's really there. People start believing that. People start getting afraid. He gets his powers back. He's now strong again.
1: Yeah. And maybe it sort of backfired again, too, in the beginning, now that I think about it. Because, you know, why wouldn't he kill her in the beginning? He wouldn't kill her because, you know, the more people writing about his myth, the more power he would have. But then when she sort of puts away this guy claiming to be the candy man that like accidentally degrades his power way more than it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of, it's super interesting to think
0: about. So one of the other aspects, much more superficial than the, you know, deep talk we've gotten into thus far
1: I um, <laughs> expected a deep talk on this podcast. <laughs> 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 Sorry, viewers,
0: <laughs> listeners. Um, when I said before we watched it that, that like my memory of it was that it was kind of messy what I remembered is the fact that the whole like mythos of who candyman is is it's kind of this like scattershot of a bunch of different ideas and I, I just remember walking away thinking it's like well what is it like does he does he kill you with a hook or does he have magic B powers or does he you know, there's just so many pieces to the legend. Like he Mm -hmm. comes through the mirror, but he also has the, the B stuff, but he also has the hook stuff, but he also has the, he was killed back in the day. Like there's a, there's just a few too many things going on in my opinion. And I don't know. I don't know how you take that, but it it seemed like a couple too many ideas. Do you you see what I'm getting at?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think I agree with you. It was really kind of messy. And it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, what scares people? Well, like, killers with hooks, that scares people. And also bees, bees are scary, right? And oh, the bees were coming out of his chest, right? And like, you know, who does he kill? He just kills people who say his name. It didn't it doesn't really like hold together when you sort of try and find, like, a logical thread that connects everything. I mean, yeah, they give you that that sort of story that a few people seem to know where, like, you know, he was killed and they replaced his hand with a hook for whatever reason, where they chopped off his hand. They're, they didn't replace it with a hook. They chopped off his hand and then, you know, covered him in bees and he was stung to death. Right. But looking at it sort of another way, I think it almost makes it a little more realistic, kind of, because if you think about some of the, like, and maybe, again, I, I don't really know much about myths, but I feel like some of the myths that I have heard, like, there's a lot of different weird little variations to them that sort of get, like, mushed together, right. kind of, and they don't really hold up. So
0: Yeah, and that, that's one of the things I was going to bring up, is that it, oh, okay.
1: it,
0: it might kind of play on that idea of like the telephone game or or similar to what the, you know, the husband, Helen's husband said when he was teaching the class it's like, oh, well, this person heard the story this way. And this person heard that it was in Miami. This person heard that it was in New York. And yeah. well, no, I heard the gators were eight feet long. Well, I heard that they were this. And it's like his comment is like, well, how can all of these stories be true when obviously they contradict? And it's like, I think that might, even though, Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but like maybe that's where some of that comes from too—is the idea that it's, you know, the mashup of different ideas, Um, and and they play it off a little bit too because they do give a a, an origin story of him, and here's all the things that happened. Here's the true story behind who this guy was. Now you have to take that with a grain of salt too, because how much data do you really have about a guy who was you know the the son of a slave who was murdered in 1890 or whatever year it was like maybe the whole bee thing and the hook thing and all of that was also just you know urban legend you know not yep. you know factual either but um it was on the murals in in Cabrini Green so i mean it's it's obviously what's believed but is it historically accurate yeah who knows
1: yeah you know now i'm sort of thinking about the scene in the beginning where you sort of after he sort of monologues that he's going to come for you essentially and then they transition to the city right with bees erupting over it right and and then they transition to they sort of slowly zoom in on the city and then you get to your story right so like what was up with the cloud of bees right i wonder if like because the bees are sort of like a buzzing cloud like whispering i wonder if that's sort of like a metaphor for you know how these things sort of spread right it's like people just whispering and buzzing and passing it on and it slowly like spreads almost like a like a cloud of fear or whatever i don't know other random thoughts i'm totally not qualified to say <laughs> yeah i loved this movie i thought it was great and at the same time freaking jump scares holy crap got me <laughs> <almost> <laughs> i've
0: never every heard you time. yell so loud
1: <laughs> every freaking time the hook through the mirror like so that's what i really like about this movie it had like this kind of like juicy intellectual side to it i guess which is kind of rare i think in a lot of horror movies and um and then it had like you know standard i'm gonna go watch kind of like a creepy great to watch with the lights off kind of movie right where there's like oh hook hook arm coming through the mirror right right yeah really i liked it i think this is this is gonna go down as one of my favorites
0: yeah so here's the real question you know the the elephant in the room question would you be brave enough to do the Candyman thing in the mirror? No, I would not. Why? I'm, I'm curious. Are you a superstitious person?
1: I'm not superstitious, but I don't know. Maybe if I had somebody else with me. Yeah, I might do it with somebody else, but probably not alone in my apartment. I'm the kind of guy who, like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night, get, like, a creepy feeling, and then like turn the light on and, and fall back asleep with the light on but, <laughs> you know if i'm, I'm it usually doesn't happen if i'm with somebody else having a dog really helps a lot but uh but yeah sometimes i get creeped out like i feel like and this may be totally stupid i feel like one time i might have seen a ghost which was super creepy i don't know mildly superstitious i guess i would say i would say slightly. Hmm, interesting how about you would you do it you've probably done it
0: um i i'm trying to think if i ever have and i feel like the Candyman thing no i have not done um i we i believe we did the bloody mary thing in junior high once and there were like two or three of us that you know did it together um i lived to tell about it and there's other things like that. Like I feel like, um, Oh God, what was the other one that if you had a certain type of encyclopedia, whether it was, I think it was world (laughs) book or something there, there was, it was the, whatever the blue one was, the blue encyclopedias from the late eighties, early nineties, Okay. that there's a certain thing you look up in there, whether it's, Look up hell or look up Satan or look up the devil there. There's something in there. And in the um, encyclopedia description is, you know, the the upside down pentagram or the upside down, you know, star that, you know, is mm-hmm. supposedly like the the sign of Satan. And the the rumor, maybe this was only in my school. I don't know if this was more widespread or not. Was that like, if you turned to that page, and stared without blinking at that pentagram for like 30 seconds you'd like pass out or die or something like that i don't remember exactly what it was but um i definitely did that one um in my
1: (laughs) i can so see you doing that as a little kid
0: (laughs) yeah it it was actually in the library at my school when i was in fourth grade um or third grade or something like that i remember um So, yeah, we did that. We did the Bloody Mary. I don't think I ever did the Candyman. But also, like, the thing is, me as an adult who's, you know, as agnostic as they come with regards to pretty much all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my belief on religion, ghosts, all that kind of stuff is basically like, yeah, I've lived for 40 years and I've never seen or experienced anything that would make me think that any of this is real, Yep. But I'm also not egotistical enough to say, "Well, I'm so important that if it were real, I would have seen it by now." Like, yep. I've never seen Germany, but I'm not egotistical <laughs> enough to say that because I've never been there, it's not real. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I have pretty strong convictions that it's all total bullshit and, you know, 99% certainty. Can make that claim, but there's that little part of me that it's like, well, who am I to be so bold as to say I know for a fact it's not real? Like, so yeah, I don't, I don't think as an you know adult me would be able to uh, do any of that, like let's do the Candyman thing or burn a Bible or you know just all those little things. Like, yeah, I don't believe in it, but I'm also not stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I think. I, I think I'm kind of the same way. So, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty. I, I mean, I'm, an, I'm pr- pretty sure that none of those things exist. But why chance it? Right, <laughs> especially when I'm alone. <laughs> you know right.
0: what I mean? So. Well, and I, I liked the way that this movie uh, played with that idea too, because you would think, you know, like I said, if they, if they did this as a modern movie and the fact that they remade Candyman last year aside, um, this concept as a modern movie or a Bloody Mary movie or whatever would would play on that idea. It would just be um, somebody says Candyman in the mirror, he shows up, kills them. 20 minutes later, somebody else does it. 20 minutes later, somebody else does it. And that in and of itself, okay, sure. Terrifying you do this, it's going to cost you your life. But the way that this movie twisted it was for Helen, it's like, no, no, no. Like it's, it's not about you're going to die. It's about you're going to get fucked with like, and even like toward the end, the dying was the least of her concerns. Like, cause she had been through so much and like, every time you think, Oh, she got away with this now, or she's finally got some proof to be able to show she's innocent. It twists and actually just turns into more evidence compounding against her. <laughs> like, and yeah, he, she's so framed and so screwed that she's done. Um, which, to some degree, is far worse than just a quick death with a hook, probably. Um, oh yeah, but, you
1: know and I. I love the way they, I think a, a couple of the movies we've watched have done this already, but, um, you know, there's, it's like a, I guess by now I'm starting to get a feeling that it's like a a horror writer's, one of his most favorite things to do is sort of like play, was it real? What was real? Mm-hmm. And I thought this movie did such an awesome job of that because, you know, you, it even goes so far to sort of show her, show, show her show a video of her like oh he's not there right he doesn't show up in the video but there are so many other parts of it that are so hard to explain and i think sort of go to the idea of like what makes a great myth that like was it her all along or was he actually there and they just they did such an awesome job like how could she have killed the doctor she she there's no way she could have broken through the restraints but then were they just open did he just undo them did the doctor let her go
0: well and the the thing is there's never a scene where candy like somebody witnesses candy man kill yeah. other than her like she's yep. always the only one who sees it so yeah you could play that angle that it was her all the whole time but I don't know. Well, I think uh, we we could dig into this a lot deeper even and and kind of keep oh, yeah. going with the conversation. Maybe we'll do that, you know, offline or future episode or something. There, there are a couple sequels to this. Oh, really? uh, yeah, there were there was one that came out in I'm trying to remember. This was 92. There was a sequel in 95 and another one, maybe 99. Um, oh, interesting. And then, yeah, this was just remade uh, last year. So there, there's still more Candyman out there. So, um, And I've never seen any of the, the other three. So, yeah. yeah, maybe on a future episode we can revisit and, and discuss some more. But, uh, yeah. For now, I would say I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with, with what we got. I, I, I met my quota of feeling smart for the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, same here. So I feel dumber than ever, actually. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm going to listen to myself, talk about this tomorrow morning, essentially, and be like, Oh my
0: God, I know it. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're fu- completely full of shit. I, I, I know we're completely full of shit, but I'm going to walk away feeling like I did something smart today.
1: <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll do that too.
0: All right. Well, if you have, um, you know, any evidence to back up what, uh, we, we've said, or if you've read the the story that this is based on, or have a completely different interpretation, we would love to hear it. Uh, jump on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. You can get a hold of us either either place there, and you know, add add your comments or your um, interpretations. You can also email us at FreshBrainsPodcast at gmail uh, We'd love to hear from you in any of those fashions. Um, and otherwise, like yeah, I, I don't think there's there's a whole lot more to say. I would I, I would encourage more more conversation and, and interpretations, but um, I personally think my my brain is done. I'm, I'm going to leave this alone and happily walk away, knowing that it took me 20 years to come revisit this movie, but it definitely won't be 20 years before I do it again.
1: Cool. Keep it sweet, everybody.
0: yeah that was okay i I lied we're not done yet (laughs) (laughs) okay it was a thought i had way early on and i I kept getting distracted because we were talking about other things back to the fact that it was so messy what the hell does the candy have to do with anything like i have no
1: idea really good for the
0: sweet he's the candy man. There's the fact that she finds the, the candy in the apartment with the, the razor blades in it. It's another creepy element. W- why? What? what? Yeah. I, I don't get it. So I'll leave that as the uh, homework for the listeners. If you know what the candy means, if you've got thoughts, jump on social media, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. G- give us some education. Um. Any part any parting thoughts there, Brian?
1: Uh, sweet bees, honey?
0: I I guess. <laughs> Those were the thoughts. All right. Um, well, I guess until uh next week, I'm Scott. And I'm Brian. And uh my brain's tired of thinking. I'm done.